What is up, freaks? It's your boy Marty Bent here. It's getting late in the evening. It's going to be a little later drop for Rabbit Hole Recaps. Anyway, our boy Matt O'Dell. We just recorded a podcast, basically. What time is it, Marty? It's uh, 4.32. So you're not saving the sun, huh? The you sun just, is gone. You've submitted You've submitted to... Uh, no, it wasn't me. I, uh, I held strong. Did not change my clocks. I had my phone off for the day. And uh, it was everybody else. Nobody followed me. It was the. It felt like uh, Will Will Farrell in in old school running through the streets naked by myself. My wife picked me up in a car, and her friends yelled at me, uh, or excuse me, laughed at me for for thinking I could save the sun. But don't give up hope, freaks. We can save the sun. There is hope out there. It is. It's pretty depressing how it's like dark already. You know. Yeah. Come on. It's so It'd be much- nice if it was just gradual instead of just so abrupt. Yes. Yes. And uh, it is very abrupt. That's the the point. Excuse me, the part of daylight savings that really grinds my gears is the fact that one day it's sunny out at 5.30 and the next day it's uh, dark as shit at 4.45. Bitcoin doesn't fix this, folks, unfortunately. No, it does not. It does not. Bitcoin does not store energy either. I just want to throw that out there. Um, It's great uh, for consuming energy and potentially buying energy in the future, but can it store Bitcoin and... Uh, provide energy to a, to a product? No, no, it cannot, freaks. And the current price of Bitcoin is $9,125.56. We're sitting at block 602767 um, The difficulty is coming behind the mempool, which is at 1.79 megabytes, or VMB, excuse me, according to our, uh, our node. And the current hash rate is 87.12 exahash per second. We'll dip. I mean, you can store energy as money, which yes. is like a great way to store it as. But it's not a battery. You can't. You can use that money to buy energy. It's like then. a synthetic battery. Yeah. We're like, talking who semantics. Was that coin shares or so that. Yeah, somebody. But uh, semantics, semantics. It's a semantics argument. It's a good analogy. Fair, fair. Yeah. Well, the hash rate took a tiny dip, right? What, like ten percent or something? Uh, yeah, I believe we were over in the, the week too. Like, if it smoothed out. Yeah, I, we were in. We might have been like in the one eleven range last week when we checked. It's down around like eighty seven, eighty eight right now. Um, what's going on, dude? How's your week been? It's been a rolling. It's been fucking fast week for me. Yeah, big week. Uh, we have a big list too. A lot, a lot of things happen in the Bitcoin world. I got a haircut. You did get a haircut. You look fucking great, man. Thanks, dude. Appreciate that. It's uh, short, short for you. It's this might be nice. the shortest I've ever seen your hair. It's always nice. Uh, I like going from like really long to really short. Uh, it's always nice taking a shower the day after one of those haircuts. You know, it's like so easy. Right. You just lose all that baggage. Um, so I'm ready for the bull run. Let's, let's fucking go. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, This is a bull run haircut. Matt grew his beard out and grew his hair out the last bull run. Um, you look fucking fantastic, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm How not... was your week? You had a good week? Good week. Long week. Court a lot of people. Look out uh, on the upcoming episodes uh, with Dan Tapiero and Trace Mayers. Um, spoke with them this week. Uh, been working out more, trying to get in shape. We're about to drop Alphas too, Alpha Zetas. Yeah, we got Alpha Zeta coming tomorrow. Be on the lookout for that. Really, really good conversation, especially on Bitcoin's volatility. Um, and the traditional uh, markets that'll be out tomorrow. Um, Alpha Zeta, Don, flying in from Brazil, pr- providing us with some great. Uh, Did you try it yet? Not yet. I got to get the uh, ingredients. What is it, for the- K- Kachaka? 
Yeah. Kachaka. I'm not going to even attempt it, but. So I tried it. Um, I have two limes ready to go for the actual like beverage he he suggested, but uh, I just drank it straight and it's smooth and nice. It's good. Yeah. Good shit. Thank you for that, Alpha Vita. Um, I just got a shout out this week. Uh, shout out to you freaks out out there who did the uh, this uh, fast for Satoshi last week on November first. Uh, I cannot tell a lie. I did not participate. <laughs> I was uh, pretty hungry. I had to go to lunch, actually. But if you were uh, fasting out there, I hope you stack some sats with that money you saved from not eating. And this week we have a shout out. And this is like a little inside joke to have. We're on the outside of here, Matt. Don't know what's going on right My now. kind. Uh, a group of people, it seems, sent us a shout out this week. We wanted to give a major happy birthday shout out to one to the one and only nerd, N-E-R-D. From the squad. Squad with a couple A's, a few A's. So happy yes. birthday. Happy birthday, nerd. Hope Happy it's a good birthday, one. Nerd. Hope it's a good one. Hope you're not doing homework right now. Or if you're in high school. Yeah, don't even do your homework. It's we not worth know. it. Yeah. Nerd could be any age. Yeah, go go listen to the rest of TFTC episodes. If you're it's in better. elementary school, super early smart kid. Yeah. Happy birthday. Uh, don't do drugs or drink until uh until your brain's developed, you know? Or probably best not to do them ever, you know. High school kids. Thanks for listening, nerd. We yeah. appreciate you. Thanks for listening. And thank you uh, to the Nerds friends for buying a shout out. So happy birthday from the squad. Um, all right. Before we get into our long list of topics, this episode of Tales from the Crypt is also brought to you by our friends at Casa. You freaks already know all about them. How confident are you in your key security? How protected are your keys from disasters, physical attacks, and yourself? Don't ever forget, Matthew, you're your biggest enemy in this game. You need friends like Casa. They've drummed up one of the smartest and most secure ways to hold your Bitcoin. They have different uh, packages depending on uh, how much Bitcoin you're looking to preserve or excuse me, to, uh, <laughs> to custody uh, and uh, secure via multi-sig. That's the word I was looking for. You gotta preserve that, those Bitcoin. <laughs> yes. Uh, all memberships come with a set of har- full set of hardware wallets for your multi-sig plus the Casa node, Faraday bags, early access to future Casa products for ha- uh, serious holders, diamond and platinum memberships will net you 24 seven VIP service dedicated client advisors and custom onboarding in OPSEC. Use the code TFTC to get up to $250 off your Casa membership. Hit them up at membership at team.casa for a free demo. Put them through the test, ask them your hardest questions, tell them we sent you, or just go check them out at keys.casa slash keymaster. Shout out to Casa, TFTC. Um, Episode of Tales from the Crypt is also brought to you by the Cash App. You freaks already know all about them. Cash App is the simplest way to send and save money to uh, stack sats in the U.S. And now it's the simplest way to try to grow your money. Introducing Cash App investing. Unlike tools that only let you buy entire shares of stock, Cash App lets you instantly invest as little or as much as you want. You can stack stocks now. Slivers of shares. Slivers of shares. I like that. We're... Hmm. Stacking slivers of shares. Stacking slivers. No, it's two. She sells seashells. It's two. Seashells, seashells. Yeah. Slivers. Hmm. Slivers works. What are we doing? Yeah, I don't know. We'll figure it out. We're working on it. We're working on it. This is uh, iteration number two. Stacking slivers. Uh, you can do that on the Cash App now. Uh, if your favorite company's stock is just a little bit too expensive, you can still own a little piece of one. And the Cash App is directly connected to your bank account, so there are no four. Uh, to five-day waiting periods for inbound transfers, so you can start investing today. Brokerage services are provided by Cash App Investing, a subsidiary of Square, and SIPC. 
uh, excuse me, and members of SIPC. And as always, when you sign up, use the code STACKINGSATS, S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S, one word. And you're going to get $10, and $10 is going to go to our friends at Owls Lacrosse. Ooh, Owls, not Owls. Uh, download the Cash App at your local app store today. And last but not least, this episode is brought to you by Unchained Capital. We talk a lot about multi-sig security, and Unchained offers multi-sig vaults for both individuals and businesses. Unchained's collaborative custody model is a great way to improve security, create redundancy, and reduce risk of single points of failure while also retaining your sovereignty. Unchained also offers an integrated lending platform with its multi-sig vaults. If you ever need liquidity and you don't want to sell your Bitcoin, we don't let our friends sell Bitcoin. They offer easy access to loans using Bitcoin as collateral. Collateral is always stored on-chain in dedicated multi-sig addresses for you, with the option for you to hold a key and your Bitcoin will never be re-hypothecated. Uh, there's Bit, there are Bitcoiners working on and supporting many multi-open uh, source projects such as Slip39, Smart Custody, Hermit, and Caravan. Check them out at unchained-capital.com, unchained-capital.com. And if you haven't already, I sat down with Drew of last week and we had a great conversation talking about a bunch of this stuff. So go check it out. Matt, I'm out of breath. That Daruv app was fucking fire. Really appreciated that one. Thanks, Daruv, if you're listening. I love Daruv. Just talking to Daruv, Daruv uh, likes to get cosmic. He's somebody that you can easily get cosmic with because he's literally thinking about space. I just... All the time. I had already... After he originally posted about the whole Martian theory, I had already went down a whole rabbit hole with it, and it just reignited again when I listened to the podcast. I spent like hours thinking about it. I think the concept of center of hash in particular is something very fascinating. Nothing, excuse me, something I don't think too much about and, until he uh, wrote that piece uh, talking about the center of hash and how Martians will be affected and be able to interact with Bitcoin that has a center of hash closer to Earth. It's uh, fascinating. If you really are thinking really long term and uh, how we take Bitcoin to space, it's uh, something to take into consideration. So go check out that, uh, that conversation. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but basically the idea was that they were too far away. They can validate um, the chain, they can't mine it. Yeah, they're, they're too far away to be able to submit blocks in a competitive fashion. Yes, they'll, um, they'll be a few blocks behind So he thinks time. they'll develop a shitcoin, like a Martian shitcoin. Yeah, and due to physics, they'll uh, fork. Like, and then that shitcoin will have a center of hash, and if we go further into space, um, you'll have to... Uh, create another shitcoin. Maybe you have chains of sh- blockchains going further into here. the universe. Yeah, you could use like federated side chains, <sighs> like liquid. We that, don't even we don't even know what we can do. Yet. Maybe that's why in all the space movies they're called the Federation. Like there's someone that's called the Federation. You know, do we have time travelers in Hollywood coming there to give us go. a message? It makes sense. It's a good theory. We're gonna look deeper into it. Definitely listen to that episode though, freaks. That was a good one. And when you're done doing that. Go check out Bitcoin Citadel Workshop number two. We're doing it Thursday, December 5th at 6.30. Is that yeah. chain code? December 5th, 6.30. Uh, yes, but do not email chain code. Do we're not. not, we're yeah. not we didn't put them in any of the literature. We're just going to thank them politely afterwards. Um, no emailing of chain code. They're, they'd be very kind to us, and they're, they're uh, letting us use their space, which is a fantastic space, and we appreciate that. Um, but yeah, what is it? December 5th at 6.30. There's less than like um, 15 spots left. There's like five spots left. So okay. sorry about that, freaks. Uh, Evan Ninja launched it a couple of days ago in between RHRs. So if you are listening now and you want to join the workshop, um, either DM 
I guess DM Evan or BTC Citadel. So what are we at BTC Citadel on Twitter? Just send a quick DM there um, and we'll shoot you an invoice. It is 250,000 sets. So it's a little under $25 for admittance. Um, and any sats we have left over, we will be donating to BTC Pay Server. I think we're going to be able to get sponsors for food and beverage. So we should have a little bit decent amount to give to BTC Pay. And it's cold card and wasabi again. That's actually one thing um, I looked into this week. I'm seeing how we can automatically contribute via the company. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I love BTC Pay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's going to be like full node wasabi cold card um just all the basics of setting that up and everything in person it's a good time we'll get drinks afterwards uh and this time instead of pizza we're gonna do tacos tacos i pushed for that pretty hard so i'm excited uh yeah big talk actually just had tacos for lunch very good uh very good steak tacos um speaking of full nodes though uh, fully noted app is fully integrated with tour and live on the App Store now. This app is pretty dope. iOS only, correct? Correct. Yes. Correct. Um, adamantly so, it seems. Yes, adamantly so. Um, so fully noted for you freaks. We've talked about it before. We talked about it with Justin Moon, I believe, in that episode. But, um, yeah, it's an app that lets you uh, connect to your full node on a mobile app via tour. And you can have a watch-only address and, and basically have full sovereignty on your iPhone. On your iPhone. Yeah. And then you can in- interact using partially signed Bitcoin transactions through the micro SD card with your cold card too. Yeah. This so. is badass. Um, I haven't tried it yet because I'm an Android. Have you tried it yet? No, I have a weekend project. Yeah. I have and a lot of stuff to do. It connects to a bunch of product projects are adding support for uh, their method of connection, fully noticed method of connection. I know Noddle did, just did, uh, BTC Pay just did. Um, and there's this other project that's being worked on called Stand Up, which will make it so you can just launch a Bitcoin Core node through uh, with Tor enabled um, on your Mac. Super simple, and it just does all the configuration for you, and you just scan a QR code with fully noted. Yeah, I know this is on the list, but Wasabi they just enabled that too, right? One click, um, or they're working on it at least. Yeah, so they're going to put a full node directly into Wasabi. Yeah. Um, and I assume that will all run through Tor as well. Yeah, I would imagine so. Um, but that's not in a release yet. That's no, no part was teasing tested up. now. Yeah, yeah, it looks yeah. But that's a great idea, right? So then you just install Wasabi. You have a full node. Um, you you can interact directly with your hardware wallet, and that will give it proper um, privacy, like true full node support. Like right now, they're kind of doing a workaround. Um, where it's just fetching the block data, mm. so it's He's in you're you're able you're able to validate that your transaction was included in a block. No, you're able to validate that it was when you receive Bitcoin. You're able to validate that it's real Bitcoin that it's you know adheres to the consensus rules, but Wasabi could tell you that you didn't receive any Bitcoin and you wouldn't know. So Wasabi can't feed you a bad transaction, but they could just tell you, not tell you the transaction exists in the first place, and it wouldn't realize. Because the way, the way it works is it just fetches blocks from your block data, so you have to but res- it doesn't know to even fetch unless Wasabi tells it to fetch with the filter. Okay, so is this like a rescan wallet problem? 
This is because they use neutrino filters. So yeah. they send you filters and then you know which blocks to check based on if your transaction is in one of the filters. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so when they have the complete full node verification, then you'll have that. But keep the complete full node integration, then that won't be an issue anymore. So that'll be great to see. And I'm still super excited for Zap to include theirs because I think that would be really fucking cool, especially if that whole package ran through Tor because then you'd have um, Lightning too. And then like then you basically have like Pierre's awesome node launcher like in a nice integrated beautiful zap interface, right? Yeah. Holy shit. It's all coming together it seems. Yeah. And then you just use it, you install Wasabi, use it with your hardware wallet, that'd be great. I don't know. Or maybe you use a hardware wallet directly in Zap. All these integrations would be fantastic. Slowly but surely, freak. Slowly but surely. Um this is something I just alluded to, but uh, Async joined um, Square Crypto as an official BTC Pay server supporter this year. Yes, yeah, so we, this week we don't. I don't think we know how much they're contributing, but it has to be at least five thousand a month if you're doing it through their corporate uh, donation program. Yeah, I don't know if TFTC's at that level yet. Yeah, We'd I like do not to, think we're at that level yet, yeah, Marty. Maybe yeah. in a after a bull run. No, no, no. I'm talking about like portion, uh, like a small percentage of Sats gain from our PDC pay. You know, what I like doing is you can donate to the individual contributors. So like, yeah, you can like make it rain on different individuals that are contributing to BTC pay, which I think is pretty fun. Yeah, I gotta make it rain on Rockstar yeah. and Pavel. But no, the key is like. You gotta you you pick one and you like maybe they're like discussing like they're competing over who's bringing in more donations you know and you like make the other one think and then you just like drop some on the other. You so this is how we light a fire under the BTC Pay servers. Yeah, just make create some competition there. Is this cruel? Is it cruel? No, because we're giving them anonymous donations. That's you know? true. That's There's true. no way to give a message or anything, so it's not even like you could sign your name if you want. It's just like anonymous rain into the different accounts. That's true. But if I was them, I would totally be, there would totally be like a backroom competition on who was bringing it. Because it's like set, it's like gamified, right? Like you who, know who are you dropping it in? I'd be surprised if that's not happening. Um, I mean, we talk about BDC Pay plenty on this podcast, but I, I mean, you can't talk about them enough. It's one of the most important projects in the space, I think. If you can go support them, please do. Um, we're going to try and do it going forward. Cold Card, another company that we love if you guys ever buy a cold card or anything from coin coin kite use code tftc um they just upgraded off if you do that you'll get five percent off they just upgraded their firmware to version 3.0.3 um so if you this one was cool yeah if you have a cold card update it they've got login countdown and nicknames so as a defensive measure the login countdown can force a time delay when logging into the cold card you choose the delay so you wanted to wait after you log in you have to wait 30 minutes before you can actually move any funds uh you can do that you want to wait two days you can do that so um it's a nice little uh five dollar wrench mitigator yeah, especially if like you're using them in multi-sig setups, right? So like you know you, the the person has to be there for like a day or something. It's worth noting it's not insert it's not enforced by the secure chip. So if the person is able to open the case and somehow Pretty you know stuff we that. talked about with Rodolfo when he was on, um, they might be able to get access to it anyway. But if they look on the screen, they'll see after you put in your pin, they'll see 
you know, a countdown timer that says like two days till you are able to move this or sign yeah, this. Exactly. So like that should, you know, be a pretty big deterrent. Yeah, I so think it's a cool, it's just a cool another, they already had the brick me pin and stuff. It's a cool extra option if you want. Yeah. So unless Bane is trying to kidnap you, I think you're good. That's exactly what he did in the, in the stock exchange. Uh, it was taking two load for those trades to download. So he just threw the dude on his back of his bike and drove away with him. But uh, I don't think anybody's going to be facing Bane out there. It was a very I good, not. very good uh, $5 wrench mitigator. Thank you, Rodolfo. Keep fucking crushing. I like all these like little clever methods. I could also see it being useful in, in like organizational structures and stuff um, where you would notice if a device got like split open or something so you can enforce time limits on signing. Yeah, and um, the cold card MK3s just started shipping too last week, right? Yeah, I got mine. Mine's dope. All right, yeah. It's fantastic. Um, mine is on the way. I think it actually might have arrived. I got to check. Um, so they started shipping last week. Be patient. It is a small team trying to send out all this hardware, um, and they're building it. We, we announced last week that they open sourced the firmware too, right? Or the hardware. Yeah, Yeah. we did. They, they released the full schematics. Yeah. Um, good news. Good news keeps on rolling. It feels like it's too much good news this week, Matt. Uh, Square quarterly results came out last week. 140 million, excuse me, 149 million dollars uh, worth of Bitcoin sold. First time buyers doubled uh, in September because of a U- UI UX change that they made to an app. If you guys are Cash App users for a while now, which you should be, use the code stacking sets. Um, Bitcoin buying was sort of like a second class citizen. Uh, for a while there, and their latest uh, UI update has made Bitcoin really front and center, and it's doubled the amount of people that have bought Bitcoin on the app since they made the changes, which is pretty crazy. Uh, uh, it's a pretty crazy uh, recognition of how good design can uh, make a product a lot better, and particularly for Square, their their Bitcoin buying product has seen uh, a lot of success simply because of good design, which I think was very underscored from this uh from this news yeah i mean the design is way better uh you could tell they kind of were setting up for the stock integration too right um because they'll probably put the stocks in the same area uh so it'll be interesting to see if that has any effect mm-hmm. um but also like the price doubled right and presumably they're going to continuously get more bitcoin people coming into cash app right and they're all going to be first-time bitcoin buyers right so i wonder how much of it is um Marketing over correlation, like correlation not yeah. causation. Yeah. Um, but either way, it's good to see. Uh, and, and, you know, like we've said in the past, like, you know, one of the nice things about Cash App over something like an ETF or even like Robinhood is that people are able to take self-custody. You're able to pull out your, your Bitcoin because um, not your keys, not your coins. Um, and I think they said their sales is, if you if you work out their sales with the amount of, uh, Bitcoin mining that has gone it's like gone 8% down. it's quarter. 8% yeah yeah so that should you know even if it stayed constant that would if at having that would mean like 16% of new supply uh, is getting absorbed uh, by cash app users now the question is they didn't necessarily make it it's, you could read it both ways if they sold it, how much of that Bitcoin uh, was actually like freshly bought bitcoin how much was was connected between user to user like when a user comes on to cash up to sell bitcoin that they bring on yeah um so i'm not sure if 
you know, if it's actually, it could be less than 8%. 8% would be an upper bound, I guess. Mm-hmm. But does anyone sell Bitcoin on Cash App? Like who is, I mean, I don't think anyone's selling like large amounts of Bitcoin through Cash App. Uh, uh, maybe people who buy on Cash App never take it off Cash App, then sell some. That's, I can I see, definitely see that. That makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I don't know. But another interesting part to note about this, uh, obviously, fucking disclaimer, Cash App's a sponsor of the pod, but uh, of this quarterly earnings is that they upped their fourth quarter guidance because of the success of, of their revenues reaped because of Bitcoin. So you have a Fortune 500 publicly traded company uh, integrating Bitcoin as one of their core functions and it's helping out their bottom line. So just as a signal to the rest of the corporate world there, um, if Square, uh, a company that has a lot of eyes on it, is going to uh, up their guidance for the fourth quarter because of Bitcoin, that's great for Bitcoin overall, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, yeah, it's great to see. I mean, it's a huge source of legitimacy. Uh, it's the number one uh, installed app um, in in that finance category of the the P two P payments. How do you know that? Uh, it's just in every ad read, Marty. <laughs> um, but I also remember when it happened, and it was Boss, right? Because like Venmo was king for so long, yeah. um, and and Cash App has Bitcoin on it, and Venmo does it, which is fucking dope. Uh, the The question is. Uh, the other thing we have to talk about is they changed their fees, the way uh, they show yes, their fees. Yes. Previously, there was a spread. Um, so, like, if you if you went to sell Bitcoin, you'd get a lower price than if you went to buy Bitcoin. And now that spread doesn't exist, and instead they break out the fees, and it shows. So it's the same price whether you buy or sell, and it shows the fees separate when you purchase. And I think it's one point seven percent flat. I think it might be like 1.37 or something like that. Yeah. But anyway, there's no, it's still not prohibitive to small buys because. No, it's actually better for small buy, buys compared to Coinbase. Because there's no flat fee. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's good. More transparency. Um, yeah, people are freaking out about that, but they're just breaking out the numbers for you. I think at the end like of the bias. day, you get more sats than, if, than how they were doing it before. <laughs> Like, if I put $10 in, I think I get more sats than if I put it in before. Let's talk about your first purchase. What kind of uh, what kind of premium did you pay? That's why I tweeted that out, because everyone was complaining. I mean, Cash App made... They were saying, like, Cash App, uh, they're so greedy with their fees and their spread structure and stuff. Like, they sold $149 million of the Bitcoin last quarter, and they made $2 million off of it. Like, that's... They made nothing off of it. They've taken so much risk. They probably spent more than $2 million on all of legal compliance and shit just to be a publicly traded company and add Bitcoin purchases. Right. And, obviously... Disclosure. Disclosure, cash, disclosure, I, disclosure. We do keep disclosing. Right? Yeah. But... It's kind of nice. Yeah, no, it is... Uh, no, it is... So, what was your first experience like? Oh, yeah. I It was... Um, it was like a. It was like between the fee and the spread. It was like thirty percent, and I had to wait four days for delivery. Um, and it was like the best deal ever. Kids these days, you know. Yeah. Kids these days. That was yeah. I was. Th- I thought about it after I tweeted it. I was. I was like, this is my. I walked uphill both ways in the rain. You know, you fucking <laughs> like that famous. My d- my dad legit has one of those stories. Yeah. So this is this is like our version of that story. Yeah. We'll Apparently, be telling, my- we'll be telling the kids. Apparently, my dad used to get chased by dogs in Denai Park. 
Um. I just think, like, at the end of the day, we're trying to get as much Bitcoin as fucking possible. So it's not, like, and if, absolutely, if you can find a place that's, like, more convenient and cheaper and, like, you have less fees and you're able to get your own custody of your Bitcoin and get it off and everything works well, like, do it. Get the lowest fees fucking possible. But if the lowest fee is still, you still think the lowest fee is too high, like, you have to decide here because if you want to wait till the fees get lower, like, the acquisition cost of buying Bitcoin where there's more on-ramps and there's more competition, like, Bitcoin's price will probably be a lot higher, right? So, like, if you're trying to accumulate Bitcoin, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, and, and, and how valuable are those basis points in the long run, right? If Bitcoin, it's like negligible, right? Yeah. It's like it's like meanwhile, like right, like I was trying to buy Bitcoin at that time, and it didn't matter. It didn't the the fucking thirty dollars with the fees or forty dollars with the fees, like didn't matter at the end of the day. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, beware. Cash apps be more transparent with their fee structure. Now. Um. This is cool. Something that we really like here on TFTC, uh, mesh networking, uh, especially to help those in need. And Venezuelans have made a lightning savvy uh, hardware to use Bitcoin during blackouts. Lo- Loca? Loca? Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it, but I, that's a good guess. Yeah. It's either Locha or Loca. I think it's Loca. Uh, .io is their website. Um, these are the same guys that do BTC Ven. Uh, Randy Brito is involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, really cool dude. Yeah, you met him in San Francisco too, right? Yes, I believe yeah, so. Yeah, he was awesome. Um, yeah, so they have this mesh product uh, project. It's not even a product uh, where they where they combine off the shelf hardware for really cheap to make these really cheap devices that Venezuelans can use. And they ran this test, um, and it seems like it was like pretty successful test. They even had. Uh, nodes on the mesh that that would then connect to the blockstream satellite to pull blocks down so it's pretty fucking cool again another example of slowly but surely it seems like things are coming together and i mean it's too uh obviously i don't want to say it's too late in Venezuela, but we wouldn't have these systems in place we talk about a lot we wouldn't have these systems in place before we need them um and it's good to see that uh they're working out and they're it's good that we have this blockstream satellite. You're able to pull blocks from it, relay it to to other nodes. And so, do you think what is the hardest part of scaling this? Is acquiring all the hardware or just distributing the network? Yeah. So, I mean, the quick primer on mesh, right, is that is that we could have um, all these nodes that interconnect with each other uh, wirelessly, um, and you're you're able to n- remove reliance on the existing grid the existing internet infrastructure and if you can get one point where you can then connect it to the internet infrastructure then everyone that's connected in that mesh can then also connect over the main issue here is getting costs down and like actually getting them running in distributed fashion all around right because you need you can't have like gaps and stuff you need to have um the network to actually flesh out um, but in places like Venezuela, where the need is really high, if you can get the cost down and you can get donations, I think their plan actually is they're going to sell um, like a consumer product in like the states and stuff. And then when you like buy one, you like finance the part of their give program. Where it's they like Tom give them Shoes. Out. 
Yeah, like Tom's shoes and all these. Like, there's a bunch of solar lights that do this kind of thing. Yeah, and in Venezuela, the demand's really high, right? So, um, very promising project. Pro- project. And then when you mix it with Bitcoin, they're trying to integrate Lightning Network in there. Um, like, then you all of a sudden you can you set up these little micro economies that are independent of all the clusterfuck that's going on in the overall Venezuelan economy. And do these off-the-shelf hardware components have any disadvantages to something like a dedicated Gotenna uh, in terms of uh, range? Um, I, I think, you know, the 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 main the the main beauty of something like a Gotenna is that you have this like super plug and play you use it with your phone it's a very polished product you know it's got this nice sturdy case around it um it's got this like really easy to use app um and then the beauty of something like this is that you you have it um a lot a lot smaller um and a lot cheaper uh so they they both have their pros and cons i think the gotenna probably goes farther um in real world situations, it's like kind of hard to tell. I think I think the Loka uses Wi-Fi, just like off-the-shelf Wi-Fi chips. Um, but that also opens up more by using just regular Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and like open standards. They're able to like then you're connecting laptops and stuff, right? Yeah. Um, so instead of just using like Gotenna's Bluetooth connection to your phone through the Gotenna app, um, yeah. So I mean, they're both promising product projects. Uh, I held one of the Loka text test devices in my hand uh, in San Francisco, and it's like it's really small. It's, it's a very nice little device. And you could you could see this becoming big. I I think where there's need, it will become big, right? Mm-hmm. Like in the developed world, it's more for um, either disaster situations or privacy reasons, like protests and stuff like that, where you're afraid. Um, they might cut out internet, um, but in the developing world or in places in like major crises, uh, I mean, you have rolling blackouts and poor connection and stuff like that. Then all of a sudden, um, especially if you don't have a friendly government and they're like filtering communication and shit, all of a sudden it becomes super valuable. Um, so I think that's where we'll see it first, but I mean, let's not get our Ahead hopes of up on, on how quick it's going to. Yeah. Contribute to your local mesh. Uh, Marty, contribute to your local mesh. You're not right now, you asshole. Um, note to self. Yeah, New York City mesh is fantastic. That's something. But they're like doing a different scale, right? So, like, they're, it's not really censorship. It's not really for anti censorship or something like that. That's right. Because they're installing dishes on building roofs, right? Yeah. But I mean, it is, I guess it kind of is anti censorship, right? Because you don't have the ISP coming down on you. Um, but that just democratizes access, right? Like it, t- it takes away that premium that the last we see the last mile uh, in. Yeah, so I take that back. They're definitely combating censorship resistance. Yeah. But, but it's a very different scale project, right? These are small mobile devices. They can run off batteries. Um, yeah, it's exciting. <sighs> exciting stuff. The future is here. And I think they accept donations. Um, I know you can send them uh, payments through Bottle Pay on Twitter if you want at locha under dash io but they have there's um they they definitely have uh through open node they definitely take payments somewhere uh so if you want to go look for that if we remember we'll put it in the show notes but we probably won't to be honest and disclosure i'm an advisor for bottle pay so 
I'm looking up uh, Loka.io right now. Um, yeah, it's there. Loka.io is there, but I don't see a donate button. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. Yeah, not seeing it either. Uh, but we'll post a link. I think BTC Ven is hosting it. It's on BTC Ven's website. Okay, I've done. Yeah, BTC Ven. That's a. It's one. It's another good cause to donate. It's one I have donated to in the past. I can say that. Now. Honestly, um, a lot of times I just send them my toxic. I either send them my toxic uh, coin join change, or I send it to. Uh, like if I just have like a small UTXO that I can't combine with anything, I just either rain it down on BTC Pay Dev or I, <laughs> I send it to BTC Vent. Well, if you're holding on to any ether for any any uh, reason, it looks like you can now atomically swap it uh, via the lightning network. Lightning. Uh, trustlessly using Redshift from the team at Radar.ion, not dot .ion, Radar Ion. Is it trustless or is it like Shapeshift? That's what they say. Trustless payments reinvented. Okay, um, so at least trust minimized. So maybe they use HTLCs. I... There's nothing set up, no channels to maintain, no accounts to create, no time waiting for withdrawals. I'm reading their thread right now. Um, Redshift is the easiest way to get started on the Lightning Network. With altcoins, people can fund a Lightning wallet or make Lightning payments using the assets they already have in the wallet already used. Existing Lightning users can use Redshift to top up their balance or improve payment routing without yeah. opening a new channel. So I don't know if trustless is the right word, but you can use, because um, that's a claim, but it doesn't have an account. It's like Shapeshift, but you can go straight into Lightning with anything, whether that's on-chain Bitcoin, whether that's any any shit coin, pretty Seems, much. Is, is MetaMask is trustless, right? You're only trusting if you're on the back end, but you don't but, have to give up any KYC. I mean, MetaMask, you control your own keys, but you don't validate the chain. Yeah. Um, so um, that's what I, this looks like more of a way for Ethereum. Trust users. minimized. You should always, you know, it's a, a trust minimized way to dump your shit coins directly into Lightning. Uh, we were just talking about Bottle Pay. Uh, you know, it is a custodial wallet, but like it's on the web. You can just sign in with your Twitter account. You can then any shit coin, you can open MetaMask. They're already used to it. You open MetaMask, you send some Ether, um, it'll switch over, and then all of a sudden you're funded on your Lightning wallet. And then you can interact with the whole Lightning ecosystem. Yeah, so if you're looking to repent for your sins of Ethereum, you can uh, transition to Lightning Network. And it could be a convenient way to go from Bitcoin into Lightning, especially if you're using one of uh, the custodial wallets or. You don't want to send like your a own partial channels. custodial wallet if you just want to refill a channel. Yeah. Um, like channel balancing, it could be useful for. Yes. I'm kidding. Ethereans don't have to repent. Kid well, it's interesting because Radar makes an interesting point. Radar, first of all, was uh, they were mainly an Ethereum focused company. Um, and yeah, then they've gone. That's why I was like, they've been off my radar. Radar has been off right. my radar. And then they pivoted to Lightning and they're still doing the Ethereum stuff. But they make an interesting point. They're like, all the anyone who's been trained to use like Ethereum products and MetaMask and shit is ideal for Lightning. They're like the perfect customer for Lightning, and and if, if they can just onboard them super easily, then why the fuck not? So and I, th- I think Willow Burn was like the first uh, right convert of this, right? With Jewel, which is like very much uh, like MetaMask for Bitcoin for Lightning. Um, but it uses your own full note instead, uh, which is like the one of the major differences, right? In in the ideology. But shout out, Will, miss you, bro. Yeah, Will, you're great. I come come back to New York. When will we see you again? Um, yeah, but, but so now you can have like if you're in Lightning website, you can also like integrate a little payment button 
Um, so like any shit coins can pay you and you can just receive sats. I think we'd be clear now. I think it's just Bitcoin and Ether right now. Is it just Ether? I, I think Bitcoin and Ether. That's what they're saying. Oh, maybe you can only accept, you can accept lightning payments using Bitcoin or Ether. Yeah. I think there's no, it's only Bitcoin and Ether right now. Oh, well, they're, they're going to integrate a bunch of other things, shit coins and tokens too. Yeah. Um, yeah. The atomic swap, it's something that uh, has been talked about for a while now. It but seems is this that actually an atomic swap? Do they say atomic swap? I'm pretty sure. Maybe not. Actually, if they're a third party, I doubt it's an atomic swap. They're probably handling it on their end. I think it's just shapeshift. But with lightning. Yeah, they plan on that. Yeah, basically what it, yeah. Which is cool. That's good. But it's like shape. This is good news. Let's absorb it all. Yeah. And they do plan on adding more assets. Yeah. Um, but. This is what is I, this is what I wanted for, uh, like as a payment processor, I wish someone could pay me pay in fiat and I could receive Bitcoin. Right. Right. And like, this is the same thing. Like I'd be completely fine with you paying me in shit coins. If I just receive sats, I don't even see them. It's like reverse bit pay. Exactly. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. Auto dump the shit coins for Bitcoin. I'm a fan. Yeah. So shout out, uh, radar, radar ion, uh, redshift. Uh, this is, uh, something we've been warning. I feel bad for a Canadian brethren. Yeah. But I mean, no one was using Einstein exchange. What was fucking, have you ever heard of it? Never heard of it, but still $16 million. That's um, that's me. It was not me. That was you. $16 million. Uh, they had a, a basically an exit scam. The owner of Einstein X Exchange, Exchange, excuse me, in Canada, um, basically classic exit scam. Just people a few weeks ago uh, were experiencing withdrawal problems. They were contacting, and then eventually they woke up one day, and the website wasn't functioning. Um, and it seems that the owner... Um, it's an exit scam, right? Has hit the road in British Columbia. Uh, authorities are are trying to take care of it. And I think this might not into her. I think she has run many scams in the past. There's a as dude well. involved as well. Yeah, this was a um, elaborate, multi-gendered heist. Um, a diverse heist, if you will. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not your keys, not your coins, freaks. Right? Like this is like proof of keys is coming up. What is it? January third. Um, like, don't wait till proof of keys, right? Like, I can never participate in proof of keys because if they're not your keys, you're not not your coins. They should never be in a custodial situation unless, for some reason, you think you're part of the one percent that can trade effectively. Yes, and it all comes down to extreme ownership. You have this is what I talked about tracity. You have the opportunity to take your sovereignty into your hands. It's literally up to you. To make the decision. It is a decision. You have the do or do not decision to take your sovereignty into your own hands. Granted, make sure you know what you're doing when you do it, but you have the ability to learn the resources are there. That's why we're doing what we're doing. Custodial is a real risk. Yes. Okay. If you can, if the goal here, we've said this so many times, is to accumulate as much Bitcoin as possible, right? If that's the goal, you can cut out that custodial risk, right? And, and that 
that helps you substantially, right? Like in, in how much how much Bitcoin you might have in ten years or twenty years. Like yes. Don't 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 be one of the numbers. Don't don't touch the stove, freaks. Sometimes you have to though. Um, sometimes you have to get eggs. I've been exit scam before. I've been exit scam before. So if anybody is listening to this out there who was just exit scam by Einstein Exchange, I, I feel for you. Um, it's one of those things like when we talk about the trade offs of like properly securing your Bitcoin, right? And then we talk about like if you're using a Trezor or you're using a Ledger or you, I mean, we love Cold Card here, but even if you're just Trezor and Ledger, let's say they're, I think Cold Card's pretty easy to use. If you go on to YouTube, you can see our tftc.tv you can see our guide to using it with wasabi wallet um but arguably the treasure and the ledger are easier to use because they sacrifice your privacy by using their servers when you connect to their wallet but they're like pretty straightforward products to use right so if you can use one of those even in their non-privacy preserving way um better off you're still better off than a custodian you have to like literally lose your seed backup right um i i think it's the security there has gotten a lot better in terms of storing your own keys. Um, and all those negatives of using your treasure, or your ledger in that way, you have those negatives with the custodian anyway. Like the custodian knows all your coins. The custodian could take all your coins at any time. The custodian could be running a fractional reserve. The custodian could get enforced by law enforcement not to let you withdraw in the first place. Um, so like you got to take all these risks into account. It's just not worth it. Yeah. You can wake up and all your sats could be taken. Yeah, so. Big Vern could just be on, on the loose. Sit down a couple weekends, you know, read, watch stuff, buy a cold card, learn how to use it. Yeah, fuck the treasure and the ledger. All of freaks can figure out how to use the cold card. If you're a freak out there and you can't figure out how to use a cold card, we have the workshop. We have the videos. Our DMs are open. You, know, you don't even I think to, you can figure it out. You don't even have to start with a hardware wallet. What really helped me out, my, and I've talked about this before, my aha moment was when I recovered a seed phrase I created on Electrum. And Maybe nowadays mobile wallet makes more sense than Electrum in that case. Potentially. Because you can just take the seed of a green wallet and then you can restore it, right? Uh, uh, no, no, but I think you need the... Uh, I think you need the the uh, intimacy of actually writing the words down and traveling with a piece of paper and nothing else. So my advice to you is if you're, if you're wary about starting or creating a wallet, moving your coins to a hardware wallet, maybe the first step you do is you create a seed phrase on Electrum. You write it down. Uh, you put a very small amount of Bitcoin in it and you delete that wallet from your computer and you go on a trip somewhere or you go to some, someplace later this week and to test this out you go to a random computer you download electrum and you uh, recover from that seed phrase and doing that on a random computer anywhere in the world you'll have an aha moment like holy shit i can do this and i think it's really powerful it was powerful for me at least i mean you could buy two cold cards you can set up a wallet on the cold one cold card you can put a little so bit of money before you on even it. get to the hardware you can before put a you even get to the hardware it. you could wipe the seed and then you can recover the seat on the other cold card and it'll be there, right? Yeah, essentially. But I'm saying for people who don't want to invest in the hardware yet, you can want to download That's free fair. software and, and test it out for yourself. That or is, a mobile wallet. Yeah, or a mobile. But again, I think writing it down. <laughs> well, you can still write it down from the mobile wallet. That's true. Right? And then restore it on a friend's phone I'm trying to or be your romantic. mom's phone or I'm trying something. Trying to be romantic here, man, yeah. okay? But regardless, the first time you get a new hardware wallet, one of the <laughs> things you should do is you should initialize it, you should back it up, you should send a small amount to it, and then you should either wipe it 
and restore it with the backup or if you have a second one which you might as well have two hardware wallets you're gonna buy one have a backup right uh you can just restore it to that other one and that gives you peace of mind that not only did you write those backup words down correctly um or like put it in the crypto capsule by crypto steel uh, which is a great way to store your seed um nature's pocket friendly too that when the time comes and shit hits the fan and your device isn't working or you lost it and you're freaking the fuck out, you can be a little bit confident at least that you know your backup will work in that situation. You will have done it before. So yes. like every time you use new hardware, that's that was the point I was trying to make. You'll yeah. have done it before. Yeah. yeah. If you and write I think the seed that's down what I'm saying. So even if you do your process, even when you get the hardware, you should then do it. Again. You know, that's one of the things we did in the workshop. I was like, I, we actually didn't get to it. We're gonna be better on time this time around. But I wanted everyone to wipe their device and then recover um, because I think that's like it's just a really good way to get intimate with your device. Yes, exactly. Intimacy is key oh, with, your, with I, your sovereign sense. I brought the crypto capsule with me if you want to take a look at it later. <laughs> I'll get the lube from the bathroom in a bit. It's very nice. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it is. I can't wait to see it. You're such a child with your butt jokes. I am. Uh, hey. You can't help yourself. I went to Have an all, a Bitcoin Twitter. You I went to an all guys high school. It's, it's just the way things go. Uh, dude, you put in some analytics work this week, trying to dissect the, the coin join numbers across, uh, implementation. So you have coin join liquidity across, uh, Samurai Whirlpool and Wasabi Wallet. So Samurai obviously has multiple pools with, uh, different, um, denominations as the, uh, as the pool limit or pool. Yeah, they have a 1 million sat pool, a 5 million sat pool, and a 50 million sat pool. And, and Wasabi has a 10 mil. So what, 10 mil. Do, what do we find? What do we have and here? Then, but it's not... It's really hard to compare because there's so many caveats and nuances. Let's try to describe, describe the caveats. Um, but like, so Samurai uses a, a five, 5 UTXO mix. So ideally 5 people are mixing every time. Um or at least five UTXOs. You don't know if two people are, like, two of the people in the mix are, this, are the same person running on, on different phones and different computers. Um, and then you have the same issue with Wasabi, and Wasabi is 100 per round, but um, 100 per round or every two hours, whichever comes first. So, like, if there's only 75 people after two hours, it'll just do a round, um, which is why we've seen Wasabi rounds stay more constant. Um, because they've they've hit that it's almost every two hours you know they're like a little bit under a hundred um, but overall the I think the key thing to look at here is that usage has increased um, the other thing this doesn't account for is like uh, remixes increasing the amount um, you know you don't know how many times people come in and recycle through uh, Samurai does have a limit on remixers. There's only two remixers um, in every... Uh, there's the max two remixers in every cycle. Wasabi has no limit on the amount of mixers. So Wasabi is still used way more frequently than Samurai. Um, but the big thing to take away from here is that they're both growing, and it's, I think that's really good to see um, just usage growing in general. How can we? Uh, how are we going to improve this data over time? What are your what are your big thoughts on this? I think I, you're I think the first person putting together this data set that I've seen at least. Well, I'm hoping by me doing that, it's like sparking a bunch of the data heads uh, among us to release stuff. I know I've I've been poking Coin Metrics team, 
because um, they have all the blockchain data and shit there ready to compile and they're fucking savants with that shit so it'd be good to see shout out to antoine um, from Coinmetrics. laurent at oxt has been doing a lot of good work see one of the things here is like we know like wasabi team is gonna give out analysis and the samurai team is gonna give out analysis right so that's why it'd be really nice to see the coin metrics do it and i'm gonna keep tracking at least the cycles um if i can play around with how the how it's portrayed and stuff like that i'm, I'm gonna i'm brainstorming how to do it slightly better how can the freaks help um, you out i don't know just you, you brainstorm freaks <laughs> and uh you know our dms are open if you have any uh insights or advice or special expertise here you like looking at chains um let's make it happen i mean wasabi is super easy uh to track you can just base it off their fees their fee address yeah yeah makes sense um because that's static right yeah but I, you need like a little bit of like chain analysis to to like start like saying like oh how much is new bitcoin that's entering how much is like properly mixed bitcoin that doesn't like are we going to discount for people remixing and stuff like that um and that's why like i really want coin metrics to fuck around here because like they do like adjusted transaction volume and stuff and like try and break out change and do all these different clusters and i just don't i don't have that expertise yeah, if uh, any of you coin metrics freaks are listening out there, looking for some help. I know, but what the freaks really can do is fuck graphing the numbers, coin join, right? <laughs> like, let's just pump those numbers up. Everyone should be coin joining. Um, whether that's Wasabi, Whirlpool, or Join Market, I don't fucking give a shit. Just fucking mix your coins. And uh, if you're using Join Market or, or Samurai, Whirlpool, uh, with Join Market, you could actually make a little money, but it's caution, it is hard to do. Uh, to actually set up join markets, not very user friendly yet. They're working but on it. Working on it. Um, and with Samurai, it doesn't cost you to remix, so you can just leave it in there and it can keep mixing. Um, but if you do use it with Samurai and you're trying to provide liquidity, you should run Dojo alongside it with your full node so that um, you're using it as trust minimized as possible. And you're helping, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Help your local coin join company out, provide some liquidity. This yeah, will happen naturally. Your fellow Bitcoiners. Well, well, we didn't. We help were supposed yourself. to segue into this earlier. A company that is doing this, Bull Bitcoin. They came out with a great commercial. Some nostalgia in that commercial. They got uh, because of the Einstein Exchange, and because they're also Canadian. So one of the nice things about Bull Bitcoin is they're non-custodial. So they can't even. They're teaching users just like Get Better in Europe. Uh, they're teaching users uh, the right way to do things from the start because. The users always have their keys. It just gets sent right directly to the user. Well, and they're providing liquidity too. Yeah. To so the coin joints, and they're wasabiing everything. Yep, and they're the wasabiing in the middle. So, um, like, they still obviously know which coins you have because they send them to you. Um, but if other companies and other people are trying to do chain analysis on uh, bull Bitcoin, they will get less information. Yeah. Um, so, if, if, yeah. if you freaks haven't seen the commercial yet, they got Chris Han- Chris Hansen, right? Yeah, from To Catch a Predator. To Catch a Predator. Brought back some memes. Did you used to watch To Catch a Predator? Yeah. What was it? Was it on Dateline? <laughs> yeah, it was on Dateline NBC. Yeah. They got in trouble, right? Didn't they, like, ruin a bunch of cases? I don't know. Yeah, I think they, like, ruined a bunch of cases because, like, it didn't follow due process or something. Really? Dude showing up with wine coolers and a pack of condoms. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so it was, it, to the freaks that don't know, it was a show to like catch pedophiles. Yeah, yeah. You um, and then you walked into the kitchen, and Chris Hansen was sitting. He there, popped right? out. Hey, how are you? Why don't you sit down? <laughs> so he did the same thing, but he did it about custodial exchanges and how not your keys, not your coins. Yeah, yeah. Wow, to catch a predator. That was a show on TV at one point. I wonder if he's a Canadian. It wouldn't surprise me. He's got the. Uh... They like reached out and flexed their Canadian hood. They were like. We're fellow Canadians. I, <laughs> hey there, we're, uh, we're you do the accent way better than me. I can't do accents. What are you talking about? Um, that was my poor Canadian accent. I'm sorry to our Canadian listeners. You killed mine. Yeah, I'm not a very good at accent. I apologize. We should not well go to Canadians. the accent. No more accents. No more accents. Never again. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking of accents, no matter what language you speak, there's a protocol. Not a protocol. There's an app. That's been prototyped on the Lightning Network. Uh, it's going to let you chat via like sending Lightning transactions. You're going to be able to send along messages. You can send it already. The prototype has been proven. What's that? It dropped on Friday or Saturday last week? Yeah, like right after we were. I wrote about it on Friday. Right? Yeah, I wrote about it on Friday. So it dropped like Thursday night. Um, and basically, uh, what's his name? Yoast? Is it Juiced or Yoast? I think it's Yoast. Um, it's with a J, right? Yes. Um, uh, and his last name is like work, Jagger, right? Yeah, it works for Lightning Labs. Or Jagger. Yeah, I think it's Yost Jagger. Jagger. Um, We're screwed on I'm better. Name, I'm think. better at pronunciation. Yeah. Um, but basically prove that you can use the Lightning Network to pass along messages in a censorship-resistant fashion. Onion-routed. p onion-routed. And basically did this by producing an invoice and not sending a payment, but sending a message only. But he envisions in the future that nodes routing these messages will want uh, to be compensated for routing these messages. So uh, you could see something where uh, uh, the network is incentivized to pass along these messages via Mill Satoshi payments. So you can see the beginnings of something like an Alipay or a WeChat developing on the Lightning Network where you can have companies running their own nodes, sending messages and invoices to users directly P2P, paying for it. And it is literally... And so I wrote about it on Friday, the exact, uh, it's, we have two directions. We go down the WhatsApp road or we go down the Facebook Libra, which will eventually turn into Alipay WeChat road, in my opinion. And what's interesting here is that because every node has a known public key, um, you're able to encrypt it with that public key, private key pair. And verify that you got the message from who you think you did. And there's a web of trust element there where... There's this reputation system, right? So if these nodes are online for a longer period of time, like you know that node, um, you have a working relationship with that node. So so that there's this built-in identity um, system, right? Yeah, well, that's the sort of vision that Will O'Byrne, shout out Will again, uh, had with WebLN, right? You, your node is a quasi-passport for your digital identity, right? And you're, it's a reputation system for your... Uh, ability to route transactions or, um, not ability, but, uh, your, um, what's the word I'm looking for? What is that kind of your like openness? Credit, yeah. It's like a credit score. Exactly. Right? Is it yeah, bad or good? What Will was talking about. Well, yeah. Well, this is crazy too. Cause you can spin up multiple, no- multiple nodes, excuse me, and create multiple reputations, right? If you fuck up one, you can try They're to start like another. Nims. Yeah, it's like Nim reputations on Twitter, right? Like all the anon people, they have reputations. They can just scrub them and start fresh again, but then they start from zero. Yeah, and did we talk about 
Eric Walls. Yeah, we did talk about that last week. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of improvements that could be made to make Bitcoin, I mean, to make Lightning more private. Um, but it's still early days, and the fundamentals that are in place here for Lightning being very private are, you know, they're there. So yeah, um, I'd be very disappointed to, to not see that improve. I think it will. They're good to very good, in my opinion. Not quite strong yet, but getting there. Uh, another thing that happened right after uh, we recorded last week was the BitMEX data dump. Uh, or it wasn't even a data dump. Holy shit. They fucking BCC'd their emails <laughs> list. Did we talk about Deribit last? We talked about Deribit, right? Did we? No, I don't think so. So this was a bad 24 hours of Bitcoin derivatives exchanges. Uh, Deribit was the first, uh, and the first fuck up. They... Their Bitcoin pricing index, which included Coinbase's uh, uh, pricing information, API, API, uh, Coinbase went down for a little bit, and their API was feeding like a four, four that low four thousand dollar price to the Deribit index, and that affected Deribit's uh, uh, pricing index. Their pricing index did not have the correct. Uh, basically contingency plan in place for one of their API price providers going down to take that in consideration into There's their a flash system. Crash on so they flash crashed to 7,500. A bunch of people got liquidated. They, they, yada, yada. they made uh, $1.3 million worth of... Uh, 1.8, right? 1.3, I believe. But regardless, they paid it back, right? Yeah, they paid it back, but just straight up. Yeah, it wasn't even out of their insurance fund. They just paid it up. No, they were like, this is our fuck up. Yeah. Um, So that happened, and then less than 18 hours later, you expect BitMEX would be very happy that their direct competitor made a fuck up like that, and they made one that may be even worse. It was their newsletter. Yeah, it was their... wasn't there a newsletter? Yeah, it was their newsletter. Yeah, so their newsletter... CC'd instead of BCC'd. Yeah, their community manager... CC'd everybody instead of BCCing, so not all their users, but thirty thousand of their users got doxed. A lot of people using poor email uh, structure. Wait, I I linked it here in the show notes. Uh, pretty crazy. Sixty four percent of people use Gmail. You know, so like, I mean, like if you're a lot of people were using. F- like first name, last name, email addresses. Like if you're signing up for Bitcoin, any service really, like if it's an important service, but especially if it's a Bitcoin service, like use burner emails, use individual emails, separate it out. Um, Diversify your identity yeah, risk. If you don't use many email addresses, like I like use like Tutanota, Proton. Um, like Gmail is like questionable depending on your threat. <laughs> Gmail is very questionable. You can make like infinite Gmails, but they're going to be tied to your real identity because they're going to start rate limiting you and asking you for phone numbers and email addresses and stuff. But like you can still like protect yourself from like an email leak like this where like your main email is not shown. So, but like if you don't want your government to know, you don't want Google to know, then that's probably a bad idea. So that's interesting. Um, Then the community manager obviously... It was a horrible look for BitMEX, so BitMEX fired their community manager. This dude fucked up his career. But they didn't revoke his Twitter access, so he tweeted out... Uh, get out by the end of the day or something like that. No, your last last day to get out of BitMEX before exit scam or something, right? Yeah, something like, like that. Withdraw your coins. And he, BitMEX, the way BitMEX processes withdrawals is they only process withdrawals at 9 a.m. Eastern time uh, every day. And he tweeted it out at like 9.02 a.m. So 
no one was able to get you no one would be able to get out until the next day at 9 a.m right so it was like perfectly timed for you get all 23 hours and 58 minutes of but it's like just another reminder like not your keys not your coins like don't and 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 that when you trust these providers with your coins you're not only trusting them with that you're trusting them with your potentially private information (laughs) you know bitmex is a a little bit better off because they don't kyc uh so they Not only leak, they can only leak your email address so they don't get kyc for small accounts they do for for major accounts and maybe they'll start at some point in the future they all seem to eventually once they get big enough but bitmex has resisted so they only have your email address maybe some ip addresses if you're not using a vpn which you should be using when you're accessing these services um but like Binance, like when Bi- that Binance leak happened, there was like a full KYC dump, right? Passports, selfies, yeah. everything. So like, and like this actually brings me back, uh, like, so we were, uh, a lot of talk on Twitter this last week or so has been about Cash App and like the fact that it uses KYC has come up again and again. Um, I think if you're trying to buy, like we love our non-KYC uh, services like BISC and HODL HODL, um, or like if you mine or if you accept for goods and services through BTC Pay server, like these are all great. Um, but if you're trying to buy at scale, like with any kind of volume, with any kind of convenience, like you're going to have to interact with KYC. Um, and that's the unfortunate reality there. So then you have to try really, what if the goal here is to try and accumulate much Bitcoin as possible, as we talked about a lot actually on this particular episode. Um, you're going to probably have to interact with KYC. So you want to try and minimize that exposure. And one of the main ways to do that is to always withdraw your coins. Another way is... um, On that point, that's how the Coinbase customers got fucked in the past because there was a rolling three-month period where they had a certain amount on the exchange within those three months. So if if you are doing on exchange, be wary of this. Like The IRS comes down and says, hey, if any of your customers had X amount of Bitcoin and dollar terms over this rolling period we need their information well i think you operate under the assumption that these companies are going to be forced to give the information regardless so when you withdraw you should coin join right that's the number two thing that you should do because it's always linked to you the third thing is is limit how much how many services you actually use kyc with you know like pick one kyc service that that is like your on-ramp to bitcoin and like you're trusting them with your KYC data and keep it tight, you know, don't spread it around. And that's when you have like a company like Cash App, like that's a publicly traded company, like a very reputable company holding your KYC data. Uh, there, there's, it's, it seems to me that there'd be less risk in that type of situation than like a Binance or something that's like operating abroad. Um, and then the, the other thing there, which is interesting is because when we talked about this, we never talked about this on air. It's like not really discussed that often. If you use a Bitcoin specific service, like when I was using Coinbase back in the day, like all my transfers coming out of my bank account were going to Coinbase. They knew right away I was buying Bitcoin or at least cryptocurrency, right? But if I do my transfer into Cash App and I just do it as add cash, not even to buy a specific Bitcoin purchase, um, they don't know I'm buying Bitcoin and they don't know how much I'm buying Bitcoin unless they like hit Cash App with a thing. So there's different trade-offs here that you have to like constantly think about. like that's actually like could be one of the negatives of like these non-custodial services because you like send a, a payment and I love the non-custodial services, but if the non-custodial KYC services, like you send a payment 
um, and then immediately they send you Bitcoin, uh, you can do some kind of timing analysis, price analysis to like match payments to. Uh, <coughs> that's a very good point. Yeah, that's no. one of the reasons why it's nice that bull Bitcoin does the wasabi, right? Because otherwise you're watching bull Bitcoin's wallets and you're trying to time when payments go in and stuff. Yeah. No, it's again, the, the trade-offs that go into these decisions are very nuanced. Uh, and yeah. Disclosure Cash App's a <laughs> sponsor. Yeah, Bull Bitcoin used to be a sponsor. We'll be back. Um, yeah, go to bullbitcoin.com if you're in Canada. Fucking love that team. Yeah, they're, they're a fantastic team and it's non-custodial. So um, choose choose your, your exchanges wisely. Uh, trust them as little as possible. And uh, we're resigning ourselves to a 90 minute rip right now. Not your keys, not your coins. We're, we're an hour and seven in. We oh, got a lot of topics left, but I, I'm fucking vibing with you, bro. Let's, Let's go. go into it. One of your favorite topics, Coinbase just added Tezos staking to the consumer-facing interface, and Tezos pumped by like 65% today. Your yeah. favorite topic. You said you're going to end a thread. Is the thread done? Uh, no, I said I, I might end it soon because it seems like um, it's a settled argument, but let's be honest. It's not a settled argument. Uh, none of the proof-of-stake proponents will admit it. Um, but the point is, is that all of, all of these proof of stake systems will centralize around exchanges and other custodians. Um, it's just, it's more convenient for users. Uh, they don't have to deal with any of it and, and, and the exchanges and and these custodians are willing to offer it at potentially a discount just to attract volume. Um, so the big news here is that, so Tezos is this, what ICO project, Ethereum um, competitor. Yeah. Um, That's what it's marketed as, at least. E3.0. <laughs> uh, and um, Coinbase added it. Coinbase already has, like, an institutional staking division or whatever, which is, like, a lot of my thread has been documenting that element. Um, but Binance has been going more consumer-facing uh, with their staking products. Uh, so they, like, Binance keeps adding change. So Coinbase added the Tezos staking directly in like the main coinbase retail wallet like if you just hold tezos on their platform number go up on your like it'll just they'll just add five percent and they just take a cut they're taking like three percent or four percent um cut there so and then tezos pumped on the news right and why did tezos pump on the news tezos pumped on the news because the real value prop of proof of stake the reason why proof of stake proponents really love it isn't to save the environment isn't to do all these other things it's because it makes it way less liquid and makes it way easier to pump in price right because if everyone has their coins locked up the one of the ways tezos's incentive model is set up just to create these pumps is is that if you move your coins you have to wait 30 days to start collecting stake rewards again um, so the idea is that if you trade, if you try and try and trade the short term moves, you lose out on that, uh, supply side inflation and you get diluted. Yeah. So they like try, it's like trying to induce pumps. That's the whole point. And as you've been documenting, it seems that these, uh, liquid, the, uh, supply is going to be amassed, uh, <laughs> largely at exchanges. Um, and we'll, we'll. Uh, amplify these liquidity crunches it's dangerous because instead of like having multiple actors with power positions right like you got the 
the stakeholders that are running nodes and that are holding keys that they can dump on market. You have the exchange owners and then you have the miners. You know in this gonna... case, the miners and the exchanges are the same and it... the exchanges are the most likely to get regulated. Yeah. They're getting KYC. They're getting their bank accounts hit. Bitfinex is getting sued. They're literally right. remaking the Federal Reserve banking system. Like they're, it, 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 Coinbase will, will stake. Binance will stake. Who knows who else will stake in the future, but you'll have... X amount of exchanges staking that will make up the Fed governor board of those coins if they are successful in their endeavors. And you, we've talked about this ad nauseum on this podcast, but the individual stakers are probably not going to be able to compete with the exchanges. The exchanges have multiple revenue streams from different coins, from different operations. They can uh, maybe potentially amass more supply via retail and then just cut better deals to retail where the economic incentive is such that you are dumb if it's not on the exchange. I mean, what is if like the ETF starts staking, right? That's I think the, the big one, right? Yeah, they'll join the gov board too. Like when you have like billion dollar assets under management, and they're if they don't stake, they're not going to be competitive, right? Why would you buy the ETF if you could buy some IRA compatible investment vehicle that gets you stake rewards, right? Yeah. So. How much longer are you going to be following this trend? Well, I mean, your other thread is Ethereum 2.0 is never going to launch, right? So, yeah. So as long as Ethereum crowds post some proof of stake, I guess I'm just going to keep... <laughs> I'll just keep... Been adding to that thread recently. It's not on the list here. Uh, apparently, they're changing their sharding. Uh, almost last minute. The Less shards, bulkier shards. Less shards, right? bulkier shards. A lot of data. Uh, and the transition to phase zero. Are we on phase zero? Are we transitioning to phase one? I mean, this is your specialty. Yeah, I think we're transitioning to phase zero with Istanbul. Uh, it's not January 3rd anymore. It's to be determined. I believe there's an upgrade beginning of December. Istanbul is beginning of December, and then they're going to try to begin the transition to proof of stake sometime in early, uh, or Ethereum 2.0, which is proof of stake when it's full form or we'll have proof of stake when it's in its full form. Um, and that begins beginning of 2020. At least that's the projection now. But it seems like Vitalik's trying to whitewash from history. He deleted some tweets. Yeah, I don't know. We have, you know, we have too big of a list Vi- to Vita- talk about this bullshit. Vitalik deleted one of the tweets in that thread, and it was him saying that ETH 2.0 research is... Yeah, I saw that. ...is, is fini- basically they, finished. They linked to the tweet in, like, the announcement of their changes, right? Yeah. And then, but it just linked to a deleted tweet. Yeah. But Crypto Deleted got it. Yeah, Best spot on Twitter. Shout out, Chris. Um, Crypto Deleted. I just want to do a quick shout out. Jack Maulers, our boy Jack Maulers, did a Twitter AMA where he responded uh, by video. Um, so we linked that in the show notes. Definitely check that out. He, you know, very candid. Jack's fucking boss. Love it. Love you, Jack. Um, so definitely check that out. Do we, uh, The Not A One was announced. Um, which is stop rushing. We got time. We got the, time. Okay. Do so you want to talk about the Nautil one then? Yeah. Talk about, it. did you see it? Uh, I have not. It's four ninety nine, uh, one terabyte SSD. It's using the same, uh, upgraded chip that the dojo is using. Um, and, uh, what is it? The Nautil dojo is at eight fifty, I think the Nautil dojo has two terabyte S- SSDs. This one has one uh, one terabyte, one terabyte SSD. So it's not an arrayed configuration. It's not going to have uh, the encrypted. Um, it's not going to have full disk encryption, at least at launch. It's not going to have the kill switch, um, and it's obviously not going to have Dojo uh, pre-installed. But 
you get everything you know and love from Monadal in upgraded hardware, nice new case for four ninety nine. Um, you can connect it to fully noted as we were talking about earlier. So it's like a really I think it's a really good deal. Um, so that's up on their page now. Shout out to the Noddle um, team. You don't get the red case. No, you don't. Red is faster too, so think about the dojo. Um, this is something you wanted to talk about. Realty, Uniswap and KYC are tweeting uh, this uh, app built on Uniswap and Ethereum Realty, basically crowdsourcing real estate investments and divvying out profits via the token. Uh, KYC has been enabled. Um, you were saying that uh, I'm sorry, we're handing off something here. My phone's ringing. Um, you were saying this is a peek into the future of KYC on Ethereum. Is this true? Yeah, so I was on the POV Crypto Pod, uh, our boy CK Snarks podcast with uh, David Hoffman, um, his co-host, who's the Ethereum guy. And he actually works at Realty, which is, I think, ironic because we were talking about this on their podcast, um, that I see this like creeping KYC coming into uh, Ethereum, and I, I think there's a path here where the failure of Ethereum is a slow, painful one that is just KYC getting added everywhere, and then people realizing that the whole value prop of the space is avoiding KYC, um, and then no one using any of the KYC products. So in this case, you can buy fractional real estate. Um, you can collect rent through stable coins using that fractional real estate, um, and then you can trade it on Uniswap which is supposedly a pretty decentralized uh, way of swapping assets on Ethereum. From what I've heard, I have not used it. Um, but the issue is, is that it only works on with whitelisted addresses. So not only do you have trusted third parties, uh, which is Realty, right? So you're trusting Realty to actually be honoring these real estate agreements uh, for whatever your fractional piece of real estate is, because it's a physical asset that has no real connection to um, this is that Oracle problem. It has no real connection to the chain. Um, but at the same time, you're submitting to KYC and you can only interact with KYC addresses. And now those addresses are tainted by the KYC, right? So any other interactions with those addresses could potentially dox other holdings you have, stuff like that. Um, so then my question is, this is one of the first security tokens we we're seeing on Ethereum, true regulated security tokens. What percentage of security tokens on, on Ethereum are not going to have KYC? I would say like the overwhelming majority are going to have KYC. So creeping KYC. Here we come. I think it is a glimpse in the future. Do you think this could be done in a regular database? Do we need a blockchain to distribute this? Well, that's the thing. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's like what Cash App's doing with the stocks, right? Where they're allowing you to buy slivers of shares. Um Kind of sounded better that time. Slivers uh, of shares. I like that. I like. They that. don't need a blockchain to do that, right? Like Cash App could let you buy a bunch of different um, shares of buildings if they wanted to. I yeah, mean, it's kind of like what a REIT does, a right? Sliver of a REIT. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, we'll see, though. Yeah, but I mean, like their dream is to like then leverage it up on Maker, <laughs> Compound, and stuff. And hey, lever up as much as possible. Turn that ETH into die. Take that die, buy more ETH, turn it more into more die. Don't do that. Don't lever do up, freaks. lever up, lever up. We've never seen this turn out poorly before. Just throw it into Redshift, put it on Lightning, good to go. Yes. And speaking of never seen this go badly before, Ray Dalio came out with a very powerful uh, letter yesterday morning, I believe. Or no, uh, Tuesday night came out with it. Uh, the world has gone mad and the system is broken. I wrote about it in the event uh, yesterday and... 
there's a lot of debate on Twitter whether or not Ray is trying to sell a book or he's trying to be earnest. Like, why would one of the best investors of the world be telling everybody that the world's going to shit? Does he have an incentive behind it? I'm going to assume that he is uh, being forthright in his uh, assessment of the current system right now. And basically the, the letter, again, the world has gone mad and the system is broken, touches on many things, uh, including the uh, impending pension and healthcare crisis that we have here in America in particular because of our demographics. We have the boomers retiring. Uh, we're owing, we owe them a lot of money in public pensions that we've guaranteed them and uh, couple that with social security and then healthcare costs that are going up because we're getting fat as a nation and out of shape and getting older. Uh, and then you couple that with the debt that we've accrued and uh, over time we're 22 trillion plus right now and the tools that the Fed has to counteract uh, abnormal, abnormal activity in the economy are becoming uh, less and less throughout the year. So Ray Dalio uh, from Bridgewater Associates, one of the most prolific uh, investors in the world, has basically come out, and he wrote uh, that piece, and it was a screaming endorsement for Bitcoin without even mentioning it. Like he was literally screaming, we need Bitcoin. It was he, like a Bitcoin show piece without ever saying. Yeah, Bitcoin. he said, he, Ray Dalio, again, one of the most respected investors in the world, calling for a paradigm shift. We're not going to fix the system. We need a paradigm shift. It's interesting how we get all the macro guys at once, you know? Yeah. It just feels like they keep one macro guy after the next. Yeah, well, and uh, people on Twitter brought this up as well. He wrote a very good piece over the summer as well. I wrote about that on Marty's Bent, too, uh, just about, like, the debt crisis that we're going against. More thorough than the quasi-stream of thought he he posted this week. But it's people are ringing the bells, man. And, and that's the other thing. There was a big conversation on Twitter today of, like, Bitcoiners want the end of the world for Bitcoin to succeed. It's not... It's not my intention at all. Like I'm trying to inform people of something that exists, right? It's something like, like JP motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like a lot of people think Bitcoiners are in this just to get rich, and that Bitcoiners want dystopia and to profit off of that. But no, like I honestly, like would gander that a lot of you freaks listening right now also believe that this is actually something worthwhile and necessary considering the current state of our financial system. I mean, I think Bitcoin will pump in good times or bad times. I'm not partial to that. Um, but yeah, I, it's a lifeboat, right? It's a, it's a safe haven. What do you, you have any you don't thought? want, you don't want, you don't want shit to happen, but if it does, uh, it's not fucked up to think Bitcoin could help. You have any thoughts on, on Dahlia's words in particular? No, I mean, I just, it it was it was like it, like you said it was just a glowing endorsement of Bitcoin without I I wonder if he if he knows anything about Bitcoin I wonder um, if he's just setting up his Bitcoin post Ray if you're listening we'd love to have you on the pod would love to talk about this letter a bunch of his buddies know about Bitcoin you know so like I feel like you know maybe they're talking about the water cooler or not talking about it when the golf when the the cart girl comes around you yeah know? exactly yeah. Maybe the cart girl's a Bitcoiner. She might Maybe be. Maybe she's a freak. Maybe she's listening right now. Hey, if you're a cart girl. Ray Dalio's cart girl. If you're Ray Dalio's cart girl, let them know we're asking. If you're Ray, if you're listening, we're asking. Do we want to talk about the tether FUD? Yeah, let's talk about the tether FUD. I forgot that happened. 
Yeah, feels like I ages ago. We're still talking about tether. All right, so what is the new tether fund? We're either gonna, we're just gonna keep having. What to are we talking talk about? about tether? Are we until... talking about the crypto capital guy getting arrested? No, we talked about that last week. Okay, we're talking about the same stupid fucking oh, so-called the fucking Bloomberg piece. Oh my god, where they hit both like New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and Bloomberg all at once, and it was like the same thing about how a single whale created the whole bubble in 2017 um, and pushed the price. <laughs> I up. loved, I loved your tweet. Imagine millions of people stacking. Yeah, that's if if one guy can pump it twenty x, that's bullish as fuck. Like, imagine what millions of us could do. Well, well, so obviously it's a fud line. It's uh, so what's the idea? The idea is that there's fractional reserve tether, and then they've somehow been whales on Bitfinex are able to manipulate the price. So then they buy Bitcoin with not real U.S. dollars. But then they've somehow, with all this FUD and the price declining 80% or 85% or whatever, the peg on Tether stayed the same for the last two years somehow. They were able to like back it up, even though they're so supposedly fractional reserve. Well, I'm not even worried about the solvency of Tether. It's just the mechanics of the run-up in price to try to pawn that off on one actor on one exchange is laughable considering if you were around during that time that people couldn't even get on Coinboy's base. People couldn't get Coinboy's. on Crank and like there was like the demand was real. there was, was like six demand. week backups for onboarding on these exchanges selling like, their accounts. They to deny like, that retail investors were not involved in that run up at all is fucking laughable. Yeah. Um, um, beware. Yeah, and like part beware. of what they talk about is and like just Disclaimer, like, I would never hold Tether and you should never hold Tether because it's just the not your keys, not your coins thing again. It's a trusted third party. It's basically just like the real T token that we were talking about earlier, um, but with dollars instead of real estate. Uh, so you're, you're trusting this third party and at any point they can, you, it could be worth zero, especially in this case because Tether is break, breaking U.S. regulations. That's what it was designed to do. It doesn't, they don't require KYC. Um, so not only do you have the exit scam and mistake risk, uh, you, you know, you also have the government enforcement risk, like how they had all, you know, $800 million seized from them the, the other day. But even with that being said, like these academics and journalists don't even get the causality of how Tether's created. Like Tether is created because people have put U.S. dollars into accounts and right. then Tether is created and people see that Tether created and think, oh my God, they're just trying to pump the price, but it's reacting to demand for the synthetic u.s dollars it's not well, trying think, to pump the price i think some of the issue is that maybe uh people were buying like depositing bitcoin and then they were issuing tether and they were holding bitcoin which to me i don't have an issue with that because i think bitcoin is better money and i understand like if you're trying to hold billions of dollars worth of money and, and while the US doing something illegal and the u.s government's trying to take it like it it kind of makes sense that if you would hold some of it in Bitcoin. And if, if the, the way to do that responsibly is to have an excess reserve, right? Over collateralized. Um, but uh, the way, the way they like tried to explain this causation is that they say whenever Bitcoin dumped um, more tether was printed. Right. But like, that's exactly like how tether should respond. And that, like in that situation, um, like more people are coming into tether, uh, so if they're coming into Tether, they have to they have to issue more yeah. to bring back down to the peg price. Yeah, exactly. Flows, people. It's all about flows. And that's like the Tether print is all about flows from U.S. dollar into this ecosystem. Yeah. Um, but it's funny. Robustus actually had a great tweet about this. Like any, they never call it manipulation when the price is, is falling by 50. Yeah. 
That is like tradition. It's only it's only manipulation when it goes up. When it's going down, it's just going to its true price of zero. Yeah. If you guys aren't following uh, uh, Robustus on Twitter at R O B U S T U S Dan McCardle Dan McCardle from Missouri. He's he's an OG. Great data created on chain FX. Yeah, Don. But he had a great tweet about the manipulation. It's never manipulation on the way down. Never. Um, true price of zero. Yeah. Just an efficient market at that point. What else? I'm not really interested in these last few topics. Let's um, just riff it. We're almost an hour and a half in. Well, no, we have to. These are two good. These are two big cop topics. We could talk about them quick. The cash transaction? Uh, that, that one's like whatever. Like Malaysia's war. The war on cash continues in Malaysia. You're not going to be able to make transactions over $6,000 in cash. Um, across the world, we see countries criminalizing cash. And as that happens, Bitcoin provides an avenue for people to opt out um, of state-controlled digital money. Uh, otherwise, like we're just going to be subject to this panopticon. And it's, it's good to have an option. And, and Bitcoin's value will become more apparent as this happens further around the world. Yes. Um, oh. This next one is big. Oh, I do know. Yes, I'm sorry. This was GED match is one of, uh, I think is the third largest uh, DNA analysis provider in the country. Um, and they are in a court case right now in Florida. And it looks like a judge is ruling that um, with a warrant, police can go into the DNA database. Uh, so it's going to set a precedent here uh, to, you know, when you send your DNA to these analysis companies, you're you're giving them access to your DNA, obviously, and they have a database full of it, and they're doing all this research based on it and giving you back your results. Um, I think, like, it's like between Ancestry.com and what's the other one? 23 23andMe. Yeah. Um, it's like 27 million people or 30 million people. And what people don't realize it's is... 10% of the country. What the fuck yeah, are you people doing? You're doxing your family, right? Like, when they, like, they can see connections of cousins and stuff like that. Um, so like if your aunt, if wait, your aunt wait, 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 gave wait. DNA, then like, what is the six degrees of separation? Are we all doxxed at this point? Is it's, is 30 getting, million enough, 27 million enough to dox the whole country? I think it's too close for comfort. And if you're like parents, like you're immediately fucked, right? Like, you know, this and stuff like that. And they have different, um, sides that they're getting from both sides and it connects you through the middle right there. Right. Like stuff like that. Um, so this is definitely something to talk about at your Thanksgiving Day table, I think. Yes. Um, tell your family not to submit to the DNA test. I'm actually... <laughs> We're DN, you're DNA maximalist this year, not Bitcoin maximalist. I, you show them Bitcoin too, lightly, you know, but then also tell them not to do this shit. I'm fine with... I've done the DNA test for my dogs. I think that's very useful, and the, I don't really care about that. Why their, the fuck are you going to dox your dogs like that, bro? You know, I, Hypocrite. Their, their bloodline is, is, is whatever. I don't think they'll be oppressed. Uh, but... I think it's important that this is like a core, like in the wrong hands, this DNA information could be brutally used. So you gotta, we gotta be very careful. I mean, they're using this shit in, in China, in already. China to do set up forced organ donation, organ sales to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. It's fucked up shit. Yeah. It's, um, fuck. And like, imagine if like Hitler had this kind of information. Yeah. We need to build on what's at, not on Libra. Okay. This is literally, this is, how this shit begins. I mean, the, you're not going to be able to 
collect DNA via blockchain or anything, but like, but this is one avenue through which you can fight for your civil liberties. Well, the thing is, we could do this in like a we could do DNA research in like a trust minimized way. It's just there's no demand for it because people don't realize how much privacy they're giving up. Um, you're just like giving you're giving some of your what like, would the solution be? Providing DNA anonymously. Yeah, I mean, you could like split up the different portions and yeah you, you like do a non-kyc kind of dna contribution and then you get like some kind of access number or something like that yeah. um there's a lot of ways you could improve it at least like it, it wouldn't obviously wouldn't be trustless but it could you can minimize the trust. i don't think there's any doubt it needs to be improved yeah i mean right now you're basically just going through kyc and then giving your dna information <laughs> and linking it Think about really your family. Bad. Think about really your family. bad guys. Just to find out you're like two percent Icelandic or whatever. <laughs> right? You get to share it on Facebook. What do you, yeah, what 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 fucking stories are you freaks gonna go tell? You don't even remember. Yeah. You didn't even know that existed. Apparently my great my great great grandpapa was a farmer in East Ireland. This just goes it goes hand in hand with like the Alexa bullshit. Like now they're putting echo in cars. That's and- actually Bitcoin Rabbi, if you're listening right now, I was disappointed in you when you said you gave up on... I heard about this, but I haven't listened yet. Michael, care about privacy. Don't give in to the Alexas of the world. I I bought my first internet-enabled TV a few weeks ago, and it's freaking me the fuck out, asking me to update the software. It's the first time I've ever had a TV It's like, update my software. I didn't notice that. It's nice. You got it mounted on the wall, too. It looks good. I did it myself. Um, Very good. It's level. Um, yeah, so I think one of the things George Orwell didn't see with uh, 1984 was that like we're actually we're paying for the privilege of giving up our privacy. Right. Um, and then we have like all this shit with like the ring cameras. Uh, dude, my neighbor has a ring camera in the building. I'm like, what we, the fuck do you have a ring camera for, dude? Wait, in the building? Down the hall here. We I walked past it again. Yeah, you're fucking docs, bro. Well, I was wearing my hat at least. Anyway, um, I noticed something this halloween there was a lot of viral videos that came out of people trick-or-treating kids doing like the darndest things that were recorded from ring cameras right so like your kids are going trick-or-treating at people's houses and like ring is recording your it. fucking amazon is recording them. the videos of the kids trick-or-treating and it's like well where does that fall right because they are technically going on like private property it's just like this one unique situation but still, like, that feels wrong, right? Yeah. Oh, especially... Especially when it gets, like, posted to social media and stuff. Yeah, especially when your kids are involved as well. It's like, yeah. fuck. Imagine, like, yeah, I don't know. We have... Uh, it's all coming so fast, Matthew. Like, we can't even, like, comprehend how to react to these realities that are being thrown at us. And, you know, it's a global thing. So this last one is we go to Russia. Uh, Russia just passed this sovereign internet law. I think they might have passed it in April, but it's about to go into effect. And basically, it, it like, formalizes... Uh, russia's control over their domestic internet so basically every isp has to install these black boxes um that records and can filter internet traffic so all internet traffic that russians do um will go through it and it allows them to block access didn't the u.s try to do this in the 90s with like hardware yeah we there was like same idea they had like black boxes they uh, there was like rooms in at&t uh like server server buildings and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, this went to the Supreme Court um, at one point, right? Because there were leaks. It got leaked out. Yeah. Um, but I like Snowden also leaked that there was stuff going on there too. Um, so who knows? There could still be stuff going on there now. You know there was stuff going on in Russia before as well. Um, but this 
shows how brazen they are. It's it's they're formalizing it, and uh, part of the reason is because they want to be able to shut down internet across the country if they need to, just cut off the country from internet. <laughs> and I, I think part of, part of the reason why they're like fast tracking this type of stuff um, and truly formalizing it is because when you're just doing filtering and tracking, um, obviously you can do it discreetly, right? And you like if if you catch someone doing something, you could either uh, like secretly abduct them or arrest them or whatever, uh, or or you could even do like reverse construction, which is like what a lot of people think happened uh, to uh, to Ross, right? Where mm-hmm. where they they catch him through one of these illegal filtering programs and then. They like build a case around it and pretend they they went through all the law abiding processes, but you can't do that if you're in a situation like Hong Kong where you have like a protesting public, um, and the public is becoming more and more outraged, and then you cut off the internet. Everyone knows you cut off the internet, right? So now they have it like formally on the books. They're ready to go at any moment if they need to just like cut off Russians from the internet in the middle of a protest or something like that. They can do it. We need to get a mesh net started. Yeah, this is why mesh is important. This is why satellites important. This is why running nodes through Tor is important. Um, you know, if the I think Bitcoin is like really fucked. If we ever got to the point where you couldn't run a node through Tor, I think that is like the main benchmark. Um, Tor now supporting Bitcoin donations via BTC Pay server, and Mozilla is matching it through December. I think. I, I thought it was November fourth. Yeah. I'm, nope. They I, just I, I was it. wrong. Were you? They um, had prizes uh, that you got entered to win if you donated before November 4th, but Mozilla is donating through December or something. Okay. So That's, you have some more time. Yeah. Damn, dude. What do we have to riff on here? We just ripped it. Um, oh. At Mapum. M A P P U M came out with a fantastic meme, Boomer Bucks. Uh, for, <laughs> I love this meme. So dump your Boomer Bucks stack sats. Okay, Boomer. Yeah. So I love that. I thought that was great. I wanted to give a shout out to him. Boomer Bucks. Um, it is true. Boomer Bucks were created in 1971. Technically, right? Boomer Bucks, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a great one. Freaks. Boomer bucks are shitty money. Bitcoin's good money. Big week. I don't know what it is. I don't know if there's something in the air. I don't know if it's just me. I don't know if your haircut's giving great vibes haircut. this way. Like, I, I, it's probably going to bite me in the ass in the long run. I'm just like feeling good right now. Just uh, about, I just feel, I don't know. I feel good right now, Matt. That's that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to keep, keep it there. I'm not going to get ahead of myself. It's been a productive week. Bitcoin continues to chug on. You know, we're over $9,000. That's pretty crazy. Still higher than most times in history, right? So, yeah, Bitcoin chugs on. Um, it's beautiful to see, and I I feel extremely bullish too. But I'm just always bullish, so I whatever. I'm right there with the you. Fucking Murad, Murad, Murad. If you're listening, he owes us a steak dinner. He owes us a, a steak dinner. That's He's correct. Come to New York and get us some nice. You better be listening, Murad. Nice steak. Um. Yeah, if you guys are liking this, please rate, review, subscribe. Check out tftc.tv. Um, we got more stuff coming. A lot of things in the pipe. Working on something for the end of the year. Something special for the end of the year, content-wise. I haven't told you yet, Matt, but um, I will tell you as soon as we end the recording here. Oh, I'm excited. Is there anything else you want to pump? 
Um, we got some fun merch coming out too. Yes, we do. And remember, if you're interested in BTC Citadel, to DM at BTC Citadel or Evan Kaludis on Twitter. Very few slots um, left. Yeah, there might not even be slots left at this point. Hopefully yeah. there still are. Yeah. I, I think there's probably still like four left. Okay. Yeah, that's all we got and for this. And we will do more. Yeah, that's all we got for this week, freaks. Peace and love.